queens and beans this is the wild honey collective a podcast for cultural worker bees today i'm in conversation with daniel bellarose founder and coordinator of friendly city safe space harrisonburg's first lgbtq plus community center this bright and cozy space is a free place by and for the lgbtq plus community and allies to hang out and be creative queer your closet and library, and connect. This episode is sponsored by the Center for Art, Humor, and Soul, a nonprofit that supports and amplifies the voices of edgewalkers through art and catalyzes change, laughter that brings us together, and soul, awakening to the creative spark within. And before we begin, I just wanted to say that it has been such a joy creating and sharing this work And I'm so grateful to you for listening. We have only one more week left before our seasonal break to rest and digest after a very full and inspiring season and prepare for a fresh new season starting in May. I also wanted to say that I'm looking for help with graphic design, art and illustration, sound and music, merch, and of course, pollinating the word about the podcast by encouraging more people to listen. So please let me know if you have skills, ideas, and art you want to share as co-creators and collaborators in this work. Even though the production of the pod is currently my solo work, I'm hoping to collaborate with you artistically, creatively, and logistically, because that's the real joy. Hey Daniel, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me here at Friendly City Safe Space in this dope room. <laughs> I, I love this space and what y'all have done with it. It's so exciting to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on this podcast. It's an honor to be here. Um, it's an honor to have you here sitting in our queer library together. Yeah. Um, yeah. What an empowering place to have a conversation. It's a real gem to have a space like this in our community. Thank you. So why don't you start by telling us what Friendly City Safe Space is all about? Yeah, for sure. So Friendly City Safe Space is the first public LGBTQ plus safe space in Harrisonburg in history, which is incredibly exciting um, because we're literally writing history like as we speak. Um, We've been open for three months, um, so we're relatively new, but um, our kind of mission is to serve as a community center um, for LGBTQ plus and aspiring allies um, in Harrisonburg and like the surrounding area. And that has a lot of meetings. We can definitely delve into like the specifics of what, what we do if we want. Um, some of that means just like providing a social space. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the third way kind of idea or third space idea, um, but essentially in our society, um, we've kind of lost this place that we would have traditionally had, often served by church. So if you go to church, then you haven't lost this maybe, but um, many LGBTQ plus people certainly have have left that community. Um, and we've lost, we've lost this space where we can congregate mm-hmm. um, together in, intergenerationally, um, inter, inter-socially, interculturally, where we can just share in life together, especially um for free <laughs> yes um that like doesn't really exist in... for free with tea for free with tea we have free blueberry tea. hibiscus y'all yeah. i got a cup right here <laughs> yeah um 
so we partially are trying to break the like sort of capitalist idea that you need to spend money to be somewhere publicly um and also trying to provide community for the lgbtq plus community and others who love the lgbtq plus community and then providing resources and education um, as well. So we do like STD testing in the space. We do trainings and seminars and workshops. And then we have all of these wonderful things in the space. Like we're sitting in our queer library where we have um, a ton of books on LGBTQ plus identity and like just also like non like fiction and nonfiction and just board games. Like <laughs> yeah, um, we have like a mindful space for like intentional quietude um we have a creative space with like a chalkboard and a whiteboard and um and then we have a clothing closet with like so truly so many free clothes no questions asked like people can come take clothes for free we want them to we have too many clothes so like <laughs> um we really yeah are trying to create a space where we can build community together mm. That is such a great um, glimpse into the many things that you've tapped into in your first two or three months being open. Mm-hmm. What has, who were some of the founding um, people who made this happen? And how have you seen more people come into this story um, in their various roles since you've mm been open yeah that's a great question so uh the the safe space is a program of the shenandoah lgbtq center which is based in stanton and they um so i kind of got the idea for this space when i started volunteering for them in um february of last year so it's been like truly such a short time (laughs) since i started this process um and they have a safe space in stanton and i basically went to meet with them to talk about how i could get involved sat in that safe space and just thought, God, why doesn't Harrisonburg have this? And so I said, can I just start something in Harrisonburg? And that is what I did. Um, wow. I had no idea that less than a year later, the space would be open. We'd have such an incredible amount of community support. And this is now my like only job. So I'm incredibly thankful. Um, yeah. And like, I think you asked like, what, what are the leaders that have, that have come alongside? We've had like too many people to count I think (laughs) um step in and and play a huge role in helping us make this space possible I think the amount of support we've had makes it really clear that this is essential yeah to this community um so we have an amazing team of leaders who are from a number of different walks of life some of them are work with churches some of them work with local colleges mm-hmm. some of them work with like equality virginia um the lgbtq plus advocacy group so we have like a real mix of people involved in the leadership in the space um and then we have an incredible team of volunteers um we have over as of today over 70 people have signed up to be volunteers wow. which is incredible like mind-blowing to me and i'm so thankful um and they help run the space. So whenever the space is open, there are always two volunteers present who've had background checks and who've gone through a five-hour training that we put on as well. Um, so all of those people, plus all of the people who've really generously funded us, <laughs> um, are like a huge piece of making this a reality. I think um, it's really easy when there's only one person working here um, to say like, 
or it would be easy for me. Certainly my ego is like, tells me to be like, I did this, but definitely I did not like, so, I mean, I, I'm part of it, but I'm a piece of this like massive puzzle that, that exists, that is supporting this space and this community. Absolutely. But that is a pretty incredible story of creating all of this coming to fruition in such a short amount of time and just like asking the right people, the right questions yeah. So I didn't even realize that it was you who were who founded this. Yeah. So that's really amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I again, like, it is such a an operation of passion for so many people. So I think I was just the person who had the willingness to actually step in and put in a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's so many people who wanted this to exist. Um, yes. But we just needed, this community needed somebody who was willing to just step up and do it. Yeah. So I was just really lucky to be in a place in my life where I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. And we need those moments where the right project or the right challenge mm. kind of meets our... <laughs> circumstances of life oh, where yeah. you can really put yourself into it and I think it's really empowering to for other people mm. to hear those kinds of stories especially yeah. from young folks and yeah. from queer folks yeah. <laughs> and we will get into that but maybe we can ease ease into it a little bit yeah that sounds good um wow your spider plant has so many babies oh yeah I know you're <laughs> you're, you're the like second person this week to comment on that yeah <laughs> side um, note yeah, we have a lot of plants here. Like, we're, we're growing life here in, like, a, a metaphysical way and a physical way. So, <laughs> <laughs> if people come to the space, we currently, at least, have aloe, that we have a bunch of seedlings that you can take for free. Um, mm -hmm. My plan is to have, like, a seed planting event this month. I really nice. want this to be a place where, like, also, this we're planting ideas and we're also, like, allowing people to plant literal life and bring it home and, and find things yes. to nurture. I would love to contribute some baby succulents oh, to that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> anyway, um, so at the core mm. of what this space is really about is seems to be exploring and expressing oneself mm. in their true fullness, in their mm -hmm. identity, and in their like freedom to change and mm -hmm. freedom to try on different expressions of who they are, right? For sure. And that is that is also happening within community, and that's mm. a really powerful linkage. How do you go about approaching holding space for and celebrating people's personal process of experimentation and self-definition through nurturing this space and creating supportive relationships? Hmm. Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> I know, I'm infamous for like, really, could you be more specific? No, it's great. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll try to like narrow in on a, a, a like concise answer. Um, yes, the like, I think that you're you're hitting on the core of what we do, which is to bring out the beauty that is the diversity of human beings. Um, the LGBTQ plus community or queer, I'll, I'll use the word queer. Yeah. Um, let's do it. Yeah. I, some people are uncomfortable with the word queer. So like professionally, I often use the word LGBTQ plus. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry if you're listening to this and that word makes you uncomfortable. We could have a conversation about that, but 
I like the word queer. I like reclaiming it. So I'm going to use the word queer if that's okay with you. That's great with me. Um, the queer community is a huge part of the, like, diversity of the human species. Um, b- both percentage-wise, but also just, like, we, I think, are pioneers of what it means to be beautiful as a human being. Mm. Um, because queer people are willing to push the boundaries of themselves. Um, I think like there's a lot of things happening, um, like culturally and socially where people are pushing boundaries in really beautiful ways. Um, and I think as a society, we struggle often to push our own boundaries, especially when it comes to things that are really like socially constructed, like gender or um, sexuality or anything like that, romanticism. Um, and so I think one of the beautiful things about the queer community is that we're constantly pushing those boundaries yeah. um, uh, in ourselves. And then hopefully, like with this space, I want to be pushing those boundaries for everyone um, in healthy ways, obviously. But I... I think that this space has the capacity to be resonant for the community, um, the larger like Harrisonburg community. But I also think like what we're doing can speak to like a larger community experience past just Harrisonburg. I want it to speak to something larger than just the individual experience, because the truth is that like the things that we're dealing with, like gender binaries and structures of power. And uh, these are things that affect everyone. Yeah. Um, Not just queer people, not just like marginalized people. Every single person is affected by this. Um, And everyone can be liberated from it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, um, so I think that some of the kind of conceptual work that we're doing is the work of liberation, like Mm -hmm. trying to liberate a community from a system that's just actually a false system. I mean, a lot of these things that we're working against, like binaries, are just like socially constructed. There's nothing, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing innate um, in them. Yeah. And I can definitely expand. If I say anything that like, you're like, I don't know if people will know what you're talking about, ask me to expand on it because I might end up using some like I think, buzzwords. Yeah, and, yeah. I think people can can understand what you're saying and also encourage them to like engage with this whole world of right like ideas for sure on their own time as well because we have 45 minutes right (laughs) (laughs) okay that sounds good um yeah does that answer your question hell yeah (laughs) okay good yeah and let's face it like we are talking about we're talking about the life givingness of Mm. authentic expression Mm -hmm. and And when you really tap into, like, something that feels new and different, like, how liberating that is on a personal level, Mm. and, like, the joy Mm -hmm. of playing with that. For sure, yeah. But also, like, it's on a collective level, we're talking about not necessarily the dichotomy or the binary between queerness and gender conformity Mm -hmm. or sexual conformity for sure we're talking really about the binary between queerness which is challenging patriarchy Mm -hmm. and when you say like everybody is affected yeah everybody is affected because patriarchy has is one of the longest standing harmful systems Mm -hmm. of control and domination for anyone of human (laughs) kind yeah absolutely all over the world yes and so like often people come into this 
conversation, these ideas of like, well, I, I'm with this or I'm not. Mm-hmm. But it's really like finding the full range of our humanity that is mm-hmm. breaking free from a patriarchal right. system. For sure. Not necessarily like heterosexuality mm-hmm. or gender conformity. Right. Right, yeah. I think a lot of, like, queer conversations get set up as, like, there's the queer, like, idea and the heteronormative idea. And I think even that is, like, a false binary. Like, which I think you're getting to with what you're saying is, like, everything is a spectrum. Nothing's a binary. (laughs) Yes. And so what we're fighting against isn't, like, heteronormative people like (laughs) i want people in this space to like like we want people to be able to express themselves however they want to express themselves like if you identify as a man and you want to have a giant beard and a flannel and boots and that's big to you that's great (laughs) like that's cool also it's important that you recognize that that has no meaning outside of the fact that it's important to you yeah like yeah and and like creating a space where we can practice choosing to be curious about each other and to celebrate each other's expression rather than to be afraid of it. Yes. And there's so much, there's so much creativity that we can tap into Mm -hmm. in this question of how do I want to self-express? Yes. How do I want to define who I am by the way that I present myself to the world? Mm -hmm. And through your expression closet where people can just go in there and try on different outfits Mm -hmm. and then they can walk out of here like kick it down the street and if they want to they can like turn around and and do it again with five different outfits that look nothing like each other and i think that is cool and i think it's also really special to have like a crowd of people around you who are like cheering Mm -hmm. you on and hyping you up for sure and getting to feel that. Have you gotten to witness people feeling that in a way that they can't in their lives or yeah. in their friend groups? Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I Yeah, so there's several things that I want to, like, delve into from what you just said. But one is absolutely yes. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've seen is people... People need to see other people do things to be empowered to do them. <laughs> um, and so, like... I think people need to see other people experimenting first. Not everyone, obviously. Like, there are, there are pioneers, which is necessary. But, um, so I have, a like, a, a performance um, that I do where I wear, like, a hot pink skirt and, like, high heels and a bunch of stuff. And I had a p- few people come up to me after a show. We did, like, a fundraiser for the safe space. It's not exactly drag because I have a beard and, like, <laughs> I can't really be in drag. And I don't want to be. Um, it's just kind of like bending the rules. Um, Mm -hmm. so I had a few people come up to me and specifically one person, this was really powerful to me, just said like, essentially seeing you dressed like that on a stage and no one was trying to hurt you was like incredibly empowering. Mm. Um, and that's not to say that like in a different circumstance, nobody would have tried to hurt me, Right. but it's to say that I was able to be empowered to be brave in that space. And I think that's one of the things that I really want to emphasize through what we do here is to empower people to be brave. Um, Because the reality is that 
even our name, Friendly City Safe Space, is like somewhat impossible. Like safety is also a construct um, and mm-hmm. a construct that we know we can't like automatically guarantee people. We can do everything we can and we do. Um, but what we really are trying to do in this space is allow people the space to be brave, mm. to be courageous and, and step out and be genuinely who they are. Um, and sometimes seeing other people do that is necessary. Yeah. Um, one other thing I just wanted to share, like a quote that I love based on what you were just saying. Um, one of my favorite quotes is um, RuPaul says that you're born naked and the rest is drag, um, which I absolutely love <laughs> because it really points to the, um, like the, the play of all expression. Like we're always putting something on. Mm-hmm. Um, we might be putting something on that's just like what society has told us to put on, but no matter what, we're putting something on. And so I love the, the playfulness of expression and the the ability to play and experiment with that yeah absolutely that's so beautifully said thank you and i think what i was trying to say you captured it so well from seeing others step into a certain like expression Mm -hmm. that is brave it reminds me of 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 a quote that tony kare bambara Mm -hmm. um famously said the role of the artist is to make revolution Mm. irresistible yeah 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 and i Mm. see so much of that Mm -hmm. in queer community yeah and i see people who are trans um holding up the violence that people direct at them just for being in the world Mm -hmm. as a reflection in the mirror of like dominant patriarchal society Mm -hmm. to say like like this is not about me number one right and number two i'm going to just reflect this back to you mm-hmm. to witness that there is nothing sub there is nothing like innocent about the ways that transphobia exists mm-hmm. in the world it's violent and it's something that it emboldens mm. Mm-hmm. so much violence yeah it does yeah and calling in calling our normative um notions of what gender expression looks like mm-hmm. into question by like sharing with the world these personal these personal attacks that mm-hmm. happen yeah. is one way that i see trans activists um doing advocacy for sure on the on the on the behalf of trans people yeah and you know the year that we've had 2021 Mm. it's the year that friendly city safe space came into being we've seen a lot of really terrible things like that for sure a lot of persecution but also like the first trans openly Mm -hmm. trans Mm -hmm. representative on the state senate state senate of Oklahoma yeah. and Delaware yeah. um, getting elected to office. Yeah, for sure. And um, in the cabinet, the president's cabinet. Um, yeah. These are huge, huge moments for like the LGBTQ movement mm-hmm. and for representation. Yeah. How has, how have you seen those 
developments mm. empower more people to step into their identity and yeah. feel safe doing that. Yeah. So I think I want to acknowledge what you said, which I think is really wise, which is that like 2021 was at once a horrible year for trans people and an awesome year for trans people. Um, it was the most violence we've seen against trans people in a long time. Um, and I think it's important to like acknowledge that and to mm-hmm. hold that along with the fact that we also see massive uh, steps forward for trans rights, for trans acceptance, for trans representation, which is just as important as anything else in media. Um, that being said, I think for me, it's really important to be constantly remembering that this work and this community, what we're doing is taking two steps forward and one step back at all times, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, we aren't really, at least the way our society is functioning right now, we're not really capable of just moving forward. Um, and that's fine. I think that needs to be said and needs to be held um, because for people to want to engage really genuinely with this work or for people to want to engage even with their identities, like you have to be aware that there's steps back coming. Mm -hmm. After that, there's more steps forward. And that's the energizing thing is like, you can look at the really hard thing and say, that's okay. Like we've got big things coming. Mm. Um, But that, that does not mean that there aren't hard things happening. So I think that's really important. Um, That being said, I do think that, I think you asked like, how are people able to more step like freely into their identities right now? I think that we are in, I like to call this time the gender revolution, um, because I think this is one of the first times in history where gender identity across a massive spectrum and like trans identities are actually an umbrella, right? There's like transgender people, there's also non-binary, gender queer, gender fluid. Um, we could get into all of that if we want to, but mm-hmm. um, the massive umbrella of like the the gender the diversity of what gender looks like um is i think for the first time ever really visible and i think that visibility is really key um because we it's really hard to be something if you don't see other people being it like we've already talked about exactly um so like i didn't even know what non-binary was until i was in college so like how could i call myself non-binary if i don't know that that exists yes but like now there are like tv characters in like kids shows that are non-binary yeah you know so like we're seeing rapid change and representation um and i think that that's making a huge difference for people because we have heroes like heroes are absolutely essential to our subconscious like we we really struggle to grow without heroes and without myths mm-hmm. to build on. And like, there are ancient queer myths, but they have really been tamped down by patriarchal systems. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the system doesn't want you to know that there are ancient queer myths. There are, there are beautiful ancient queer myths. Yeah. Um, but we, because they've been tamped down, we need new myths. We need things that we can allow to influence our lives these stories Um, and so i think the time that we're in i'm calling it the gender revolution somewhat because the gender diversity that exists on earth is more visible right now than it's ever been in the modern world well said yeah um and so i hope that that's what the space is helping um to increase the visibility of that um 
because like in our town there are so many queer people <laughs> like truly so many yeah um more than i even thought when i started this space for sure um and without a kind of central location to bring us all together people don't know and so people were leaving this area yeah um which i get but they don't need to the community's here we just need a place yeah so that's what we're hopefully trying to provide who are some of your queer icons Mm. okay that's a hard question um let's see my queer icons I was not expecting you to ask this question. Now I feel like totally put on the spot. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would definitely say RuPaul. I absolutely love RuPaul. I love the like just unbridled enthusiasm with which he embraces life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And just his ability to see things for what they are and to call things like this is play. Mm-hmm. Um, to call life play, I think is something that he does really well that not many people do to just be able to say that. Yeah. Um, I think pretty consistently, like I am drawn to queer people who are looking at something kind of ancient. Um, so like, I feel like most of the people that like really inspire me are like people that I just like know or like people that I like have encountered in different like places of my life. Absolutely. Um, You can say them. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to like name names, but (laughs) definitely like I, so I'll say like I have a lot of friends in like the healing arts community, for instance. And like I'm consistently inspired by those people because they're like doing something that is ancient and bringing it into the modern world. Mm. Um, and so like when I started this space, I was constantly asking myself, like, what am I doing that's ancient here? Like what's, what's, Mm. what's something that I can look back to as an example, because I, so many of the people that inspire me have something they can look to and say like, this is the tradition I come from. Um, and yeah, the kind of answer I came to, because I feel like I can't just drop that and then not say like what my thought (laughs) process was. Um, I kind of came to this answer of like holding, basically being an innkeeper. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, or like more specifically, so I spent a little bit of time in the Balkans in Eastern Europe and in the Balkans. Yeah. Not much time, but like a month. Um, and there are these places in the Balkans that are called Hans. I, I was told this in the Balkans. I then Googled it and like found nothing. So I hope that I wasn't lied to, but it, it like really was powerfully influential to me. Um, essentially what they are, are these like waypoints on the Hajj, which is the like Muslim pilgrimage to Mecca. Um, these waypoints that people can stay at for free. Yeah. That anyone can stay at for free. Um, and they get food and they get shelter and they get camaraderie. Yeah. And, um, I want the Friendly City Safe Space to be a Han for the journey of life. Oh, that is so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Drop mic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I definitely just evaded your question about who my queer heroes were a little bit. That's okay. Hopefully that's okay. (laughs) I love how you answered it. Good. I'll reciprocate by saying that 
two of my queer icons are Alok Menon. Oh, okay. You know, I could have I could have said that. Yeah. They they are incredible. Yeah, for sure. They are not only a fashion icon, but an intellectual mm-hmm. one. And just speak in they are a writer mm-hmm. and basically just have a platform online where they also share so much of the kind of cultural work mm. that's happening around queerness mm-hmm. to articulate mm-hmm. where we've come from and where we're going. Yeah. And they are the person that I was thinking of when I was speaking about holding up some of the attacks and violence mm-hmm. that are directed at them and just showing that as this reflection of brokenness mm-hmm. yes. and hurt yeah. and be a mirror. fear and yeah. also you know has these incredible outfits like new york <laughs> yeah. fashion oh week gosh, that sure. they mostly make themselves or repurpose yeah because there are not clothing gender appropriate clothing mm-hmm. that fits a person who is a size 13 shoe I or <laughs> know that that is my shoe size and I can't tell you how hard it is for me to find high heels <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah and so just creating the infrastructure yeah. for self-expression for sure and also speaking so powerfully to their story so Alok mm-hmm. Menon um and also Alexis Pauline Gums. Oh, I don't know this person. Who is author of um, multiple books, but one of them really speaks to the kinds of like queering of time mm. that you were oh, kind yeah. of speaking cool. to yeah. with like having this connection to the ancient. Um, mm. Alexis talks about so her book is undrowned okay um lessons from deep sea creatures and black feminists i hope i'm getting that subtitle right but um, (laughs) just amazing um sense of kinship Mm, mm -hmm. with other creatures Mm -hmm. that we can study and learn from to understand how we need to move to be in this moment as our full free selves yes for sure i love that Okay, as you're speaking, I now have an answer to your question. Amen. <laughs> because you're bringing up all of my thoughts of the queer people who I really admire. Um, I echo Alok because they are amazing. Um, another person who really inspires me is Ocean Vong. Um, he is a queer author. He's a poet. Oh, yeah. Um, and also a, a writer. He wrote this book, On Earth, We're Briefly, Briefly Gorgeous, um, which is such a incredible title for a book that's like poetry Mm -hmm. as a title um and he has really inspired me with his way of being in the world um the kind of culture he was brought up in is a culture where you take your shoes off when you enter the house and as of a sign of respect um and he whenever he speaks he 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 says that he takes the shoes off of his voice which I just really love, like, to respect the people he's speaking with. Um, that's hard for me because I'm a very, like, boisterous person. <laughs> but I think ideally I want to, like, take the shoes off of my my personality, like, to, to in, in a positive way to gentle myself. 
Mm. Um, whenever I talk about queer things, because like we're talking about tender things, and yeah. it deserves gentleness and it deserves respect. Yeah. So he's. I'll just throw him in there as well. He definitely oh my inspires goodness. me. Yeah. That is briefly gorgeous. Mm. So my next question is um, just about the way that I've seen queer families, queer relationships, mm. queer community reshape the way that love mm. looks and the way that love can be practiced. Yeah. And I've learned a lot from the people that I'm in relationship to mm-hmm. who practice family structures and relationship structures differently than the way that I grew mm-hmm. up understanding. Yeah. What do you think that queer community can teach itself mm. and can teach all of us about what love really can be? Wow. What can queer community teach itself is a great question. Um, yeah, and, like, this is great timing, obviously, because Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Um, yes, thank you for that question. Nobody ever asked about queer families, um, because people don't think queer families exist, um, which is obviously not true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, that's a great question. So, okay, what can the queer community teach itself? I think the queer community can teach itself several things. (laughs) I think the queer community needs to be constantly reminded of resilience and of like the genuine power of just being alive as a queer person. Um, And families even more so that that power is really prevalent. Um, I was like a few months ago, I was at a like, talk back thing for some talk about activism on college campuses and they were asking like like what's what should we do about all the activism we've seen on college campuses lately and i don't know it was just this big conversation about activism and um i immediately was like i feel like we need to acknowledge that for a lot of people like life is just activism like Mm -hmm. if you are a queer family your life is activism Mm -hmm. which is beautiful and really hard Um, but that activism and that visibility as a queer family, even if you're not a very visible queer family, has the capacity to inform other people because your ability to be queer in a family is resilient automatically. Mm -hmm. Like no matter how hard it is, no matter how much you think you're struggling, the fact that you're here is resilient. So that's like a huge first step. And I think we need to be constantly reminded of that as queer people because we are our worst critic. (laughs) Mm. Um, Like, obviously there's a lot of hate in the world and there's a lot of bigotry, but queer people really, I think, struggle to get past um, existing and get into thriving sometimes. I think the nature of being queer is a very like thriving way of being in the world, but I think a lot of times queer community and like, queer pockets of existence struggle to get past that and get into a place of like consistent vibrant thriving partially because of fear maybe partially because of I think largely partially because of self-doubt um and so I think like what can the queer community teach itself 
just to remember how beautiful we are <laughs> and to to step into the resilience that we're already living like i think people just need to be constantly reminded that their existence is already doing something just the fact that they exist that's huge um and i think people need that reminder every day <laughs> i need that reminder every day i can imagine um what can the queer community teach the larger community? What can queer families teach the larger community? I think, honestly, I'll go back to what I said about RuPaul earlier. Everything is so much less serious than people take it. People take life so incredibly seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and I get it. Like, you know, it's, it's a big thing. Like, we're here. But also, like, it can be really fun. And we can experiment and, 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 and try different things and like different family structures, different styles of love, different ways of being in relationship with other people are all beautiful. And queer families, I think, put that on display in a really wonderful way, um, no matter what their structure is, even if it's, you know, wh whatever structure that, that takes. Um, so I think that queer families and queer people in general can just remind us all to take life slightly less seriously and be willing to willing to step out of ourselves for a mm. minute and just remember that at the very core of your being all of these things that you've put on yourself clothes and gender and sexuality are just that they're just things you put on yourself it's just clothes like you're you know it's just like a garment your sexuality yeah. and your gender and all of this. Um, which I think is the, like, really cool thing that queer, like, theory gets into is, like, eventually we get to the point where we even break down queerness and, like, yeah, these are even labels. Like, me saying, I'm pansexual. That's a label also. Like, I'm also putting on a garment. The reality is, like, that the me at the very core of this is, um, is much deeper <laughs> than that yeah. label and transcends that label. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that was kind of a meandering answer, but hopefully that, that got to the heart of it. It's really the kind of thing that you see in action here. Yeah. Is just, I mean, this room that we're sitting in, mm. all of these, they're so colorful. Yeah. There's so much play and brightness in yeah. this space. So I, I am not surprised at your answer because you just are trying to create spaces of joy. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. spaces where being can be a natural flowing thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. For yeah. queer people and for people who want to be in community. Absolutely. As... Yeah. And I, I think that so often, like, queer work ends up being, like, it asks how can we, basically, how can we create band-aids for how hard life is for queer people? I, I get that because, like, life is hard for queer people. But I think in this space, and I think the the best queer work not only creates band-aids, because we need band-aids, but it also asks, how can we then thrive? Mm -hmm. like, how can we how can we be bright and vibrant like this space? How can we play? Like, because we deserve it. Exactly. <laughs> um, and because it there's so much potential for beautiful, beautiful learning if we step into that. Mm -hmm. um, and we see that with like people like Alok, who has really stepped into their like way of being in yeah. their body, in their world. Um, and how beautiful like that is. 
Um, and that would have been impossible if they weren't willing to, like, step out and play. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for that answer. Yeah. <laughs> As we close up, I want to give you this space mm. to say anything that hasn't been said mm. about safe space and mm-hmm. about where you see this fitting into our community. Mm-hmm. And if nothing comes to mind, you're also just welcome to tell people where they can find you and follow along this journey. For sure. Yeah, I'll tell both. (laughs) Um, I think I just want to end by reiterating something that I said earlier, which is that I think for me, one of the highest things that I want this space to be is resonant. I want this space to be something that the change we're making in this space, in this little micro community that we're creating, resonates with the whole community. And becomes change that that takes place that takes root in this whole community i want this to be like we're spreading seeds here and then eventually they they find their way everywhere um Mm. so i think that that's like a key takeaway (laughs) from the work that we're doing is that we're doing work here but i want it to be everywhere (laughs) yeah for the people who come through to be pollinated. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's like perfect with the wild honey idea. Yeah, I had to slide it in. Yeah, <laughs> that's really true, though. Like, when people are like, what can I do for the space? Like, there are lots of ways to get involved. You can volunteer with us. You can donate to us. You can donate books. But, like, one of the biggest things that you can do for this space is just tell other people about it and, like, spread this energy that we're creating. Because the more people that know about this and the more people that receive the energy that we're trying to put out here, the more beautiful and vibrant this community is going to be. And I think we'll see that as this space grows. It's already started happening and we're brand new. So like, it will come. Yeah. Um, And if people are really excited by this, as I am, (laughs) and want to find out more... um, they could go to our website, which is just friendlycitysafespace.org. Um, it's currently being updated, so they won't find all the information they might dream of there. I would really <laughs> recommend that they just come to our space. That's the best way to learn about the safe space. Uh, we're open Wednesday to Friday, 4 to 8, and Saturday, 11 to 7. Um, and literally just come in, ring the little doorbell, and like hang out, like walk around taking the energy of this space. I think that's the best way to like learn about what we're doing. Um, and if people really are over their like head, head over heels excited about this and want to like get in touch with me, is it okay if I give my email out? Yeah. Okay, cool. They could email me at friendlycitysafespace at gmail.com. Um, Great. I would be super happy to receive any messages and awesome. yeah, start more conversations. I'll definitely share the address, Instagram, website, and... Sweet your email in awesome. the show notes that'd be great and would love to borrow some of your photos off instagram yeah to post for in sure. this episode yeah you're welcome to awesome yeah, absolutely because i think people just think wow look right. at all of this it's yeah so cool absolutely yeah you can steal steal the photos yay yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you so much for your prophetic beautiful mm. words on thank you this work that you're doing in the community Thank you for creating this space. Yeah. Thank you for this conversation. I feel like I could have talked for like another 45 minutes. I <laughs> easily could have. And this is not going to be the last conversation Good. that Safe Space has about this Good. work. So Yeah. Good. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
thank you for listening and again we just have one episode left before a little rest and digest break for the springtime to prepare for another full-bodied season please feel free to share any feedback that comes to mind about what you've heard and seen learned and felt so far through this podcast it would actually mean a lot to me to hear what has stuck with you what didn't work so well, or just generally your thoughts and ideas. This work is always more meaningful when it grows collectively, so please also share any ideas you have about getting involved. You can support the podcast by rating and reviewing wherever you're listening. It really does help pollinate the ideas about self-health and wealth that we want to see come to fruition out there in the world. Until next week, queens and beans. For all you wild honeys out there, keep creating.